Welcome to Healing After Baby Loss, the podcast I wish I had eight years ago when my beautiful daughter, Harper Grace, was born still. I have spent the last eight years devoted to healing, and these are the 15 things I wish I had a playbook for. My hope is that you take what serves you and leave what doesn't, but that in these words, as I share our story, you can find hope and healing and know that our nonprofit, stillmama.org, is here for you. I am your host, Doreen Korba, and this is our journey. Hello, welcome to episode seven. I'm so happy to be back with you today. Today, we're going to talk about how to handle unsupportive people (laughs) in our lives. And I think this is something that we don't talk about often enough. We want to believe that everyone in our life is supportive of our loss. And the truth is that is uncommon. It is more common to have people in your immediate life that aren't as supportive as you need or as you would like them to be. And I'm going to talk about why and what to do about it. And we're just going to have a general discussion about this because I think this is a topic that we don't talk about at all. I think we all like to believe that everyone in our lives are completely supportive and they know what to say and they're doing everything amazing because they've been a family member or they've been a friend for a really long time or they're a neighbor. And it's like, we don't want to let ourselves see the reality of like, wow, that wasn't an inappropriate thing to say because then we're compounding our grief. And I want to talk about this in a way that doesn't compound our grief. I want to just allow you to feel the truth of a situation. So if there is someone in your life that you feel like is not supporting you and your loss in the way you would like them to, I want you to just bring them into your mind. And I want to share with you that, and this is not to enable that behavior, but I want to share the truth of the society that we have been raised in. And that is that we're not taught how to deal with other people's pain. We are not taught even how to manage our own pain. Okay. So much less figure out how to help someone else's pain. So I want you to think about that person and I want you to think about like, how are they navigating their life? Are they even allowing, you know, truth and are they even allowing emotion like in their own life? And the truth is, is like, if people aren't supporting us in our journey, maybe they're ignoring it or they're not saying anything or they think we should be over it. It's like, those are all of the things that they are doing to themselves. And it's just also showing up in their relationship with us. In other words, not everyone is as as emotionally intelligent as you'd like them to be. That's just the truth. (laughs) Not everybody is going to, you know, Google, like, what do I say to someone who's lost a baby? Like not everyone is going to like search on the podcast and find this podcast and get educated on what to say and what not to say. Some people are just going to 
want to brush it under the rug because your pain is too much for them to handle. Your pain is unfamiliar to them. Like they have no idea what to do with it. And your pain makes them uncomfortable. I think that's the biggest truth bomb is like our pain makes other people uncomfortable. So they want us, they want us to be out of pain so they can feel more comfortable. It's like, it doesn't work like that. This isn't about you. So it is okay if there are people in your life that are unsupportive, you haven't done anything wrong. I say like, I shouldn't have said it's okay. Cause the truth is it's like, it's not okay. Like it's not ideal, of course, but it happens and it happens more so than not. And if we're really being truthful, there's always going to be people that disagree with you or don't support you in maybe the right way on all kinds of topics in life, right? Like everyone is living inside their own nervous system, which is dysregulated as a nervous system coach. Like that is the biggest thing. Everyone is just living inside of their own brain and their own paradigm and their own life experience, right? They're living, we're all living with like our colored glasses on based on our life experience. And if someone hasn't been taught how to, you know, be there for someone that's grieving, they literally won't know unless they take the initiative to figure it out. And what I find most is that they don't even know that they don't know. (laughs) This is the trickiest part. They don't even know that they're not showing up in the way that we think they should. They have no idea. They're oblivious. I don't think people are intentionally trying to be unsupportive. I don't think that. Um, I actually think people are inherently good. That's just my viewpoint of the world. But that doesn't mean that they are showing up the way that we think they should, right? It's like, even though it's intentional, it's still happening. So then you have to decide what to do about it. And this is not, I'm not just speaking from my journey, but from the hundreds of women I've talked to over that last eight years who have navigated this, we have to create our own boundaries as to what we're willing to let go and what we're willing to stand up for when it comes to our grief. And the first thing I want you to think about is like, where are you with your capacity to even deal with the non-supportive people? Like if, if you are just at capacity, like living your life and getting out of bed and taking care of your kids and trying to move forward. And it's not as big of a deal that there are some people in your life that just like literally said the wrong thing, or it continues to do the wrong thing, then that's fine. Let it go. Absolutely. This podcast is more for the people that are having a hard time letting it go and want to figure out how to deal with it and what to say. So the first thing is check in with your own capacity because there may come a time, I promise you there will come a time when you're healed enough to say and sit down and have a conversation with someone and say like, the fact that you didn't bring up my child except for one day a year is very hurtful. It, you know, it felt like you erased her or whatever. Or um, when you say, 
at, and this is like, not all these things have happened to me. I'm just saying things that I've heard. When you say at the Thanksgiving table that it would be so amazing if we had grandchildren here and (laughs) it's not from lack of trying to have children there, right? So it's oftentimes that the person is completely oblivious. And so you have a choice. Do you have the capacity um, right now to deal with it? And if not, don't just head down and focus and distance yourself. Like you get to create any kind of boundary you need to protect your heart. I am so firm on that. You get to protect your heart. And I learned to, um, once I had the capacity, I would just immediately say something like, oof, did you hear how that came out? That's so like rude. (laughs) Or um, I can't believe you just said that to me. Or uh, because my thinking is like, if someone has the audacity to like say something hurtful, I can have the audacity to stand up for myself. And this took a lot of time, you guys. Like I don't come from a background of really... I'm confident, but like outwardly shutting others down, you know, to stand up for myself. But when I realize I'm not just standing up for myself, I'm standing up for like our family or my daughter or whatever. Um, I oftentimes think about some of the things that people said to me in the early days, and I know that they don't mean it and they're completely oblivious to it, but it's like, oh, I wish I would have said, right. Or I wish I would have, or I wish And it's like, I can't live there. And either can you, like, we can't go back and wish we would have said, like, someone said to me after Harper died, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you mean. My baby ended up in the NICU for, um, for two weeks after, you know, we had her before we could bring her home. I know exactly what it's like to leave the hospital without your baby. And I would say now, like, no, um, your, your baby is now 16 and alive and well, and mine's dead. Like you don't know what it's like. You don't know. You have no idea. But at that time <laughs> I was so like taken aback by the things people would say. It's like, I didn't even know people could be like that oblivious and that like, unsupportive. And I don't, and I know it wasn't intentional. Right. But it's like the, the today version of me would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious right now? You're really going to like compare X and Y. Um, and I just want to honor, like you will get to a place if you're not there already where you can immediately squash something that was insensitive and it's okay you are not too sensitive. You are not too sensitive when it comes to the loss of your baby. You are just actually feeling your feelings in a society that tells us no one should talk about their baby that has died, right? So you are not too sensitive. It's just that we are literally in a society where baby loss is not to be mentioned and is not to be felt and is something to be swept under the rug should probably do a whole podcast on the fact that you're not too sensitive, but you get the idea. So how do we handle these people? Any way you want. If you have the capacity to say something, you have all, give yourself all the permission to say it. If you don't even feel like dealing with it, you do not have to deal with it. If you feel like you want to distance yourself, 
1000% go ahead and distance yourself. I don't care if it's your mom, your dad, your grandma, it doesn't matter. When you are grieving and you are in fragile moments, protecting yourself is a matter of like life or death. Like it is really a real thing to protect yourself. So um, I wish I had had more practice standing up for myself before we lost Harper. I wish I was um, not so people pleasing and like making sure everyone else is okay around my grief. It's like, but I can't go back. I can't go back and redo that. So I want to share with you, like if you are earlier on your journey, these are the things that I regret is not fully like being there for me. Um, I, I did the best I could. I'll tell you that much. I did the best I could with what I had, but the me now um, sometimes wishes she could go back and stand next to the me then <laughs> and do all of the um, combative conversations that I wish I could go back and take care of because it's not just hurtful to me. It's hurtful to my daughter. Like I, I don't, I don't like that. It's like, I am the same mama bear with Harper as I am with all of my other children. So you get to handle these people and these conversations any way you want. But no, I do think most of it, just know that I think it's intentional. I mean, unintentional. I don't think that people are trying to hurt you. Now, if you do feel like people are actually trying to put you down or tell you you're too sensitive or um, say something that makes you feel like your grief is insignificant. If that's intentional, that is absolutely a relationship to rethink. I know for, in my experience, I had 98% of the people around me so supportive. And then just a couple that, you know, didn't know what to do. And it just so happens those couple were somewhat, those couple of people were were close to us, right? And so it's not even something Mike and I really talk about. It's just something that I know to be true for me, which is like other people don't know what to do with it. And we can hold that to be true, that other people are living in a society where they don't know what to do with our grief and they didn't mean it. And also it can be true that it can still hurt or, um, bother us or we can be offended by it. Whatever it is you're feeling is warranted. You're feeling it for a reason. I would always make myself like wrong. Oh, well, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm to this. I'm to that. Right. And that's some of the patterns I had to heal within myself outside of my healing journey with Harper on this healing journey. I've learned a lot about myself. And one of those things is, is I would take on I would take on too much responsibility for other people acting certain ways, right? So I must have done something or um, I'm too sensitive. They didn't mean it, right? And the truth is, it's like, I'm not too sensitive and they didn't mean it, right? People can say things and not mean them and they can still hurt and that is okay. So I am sorry that there may be people in your life that aren't as supportive as you expected them to be. I think the really hardest thing is like the people in your life that aren't su as supportive as you would be for them. That's been a real eye opener for me. Or the people in your life that are just getting it wrong. 
and they don't, they don't mean to, and I'm sorry that they're not figuring out or they don't have enough emotional intelligence to see that they've gotten it wrong and they're not trying to figure out how to get it right. My best friends said to me after we lost Harper, you know, after a couple of months, but by we're like, Doreen, we did not know what to say to you. We were like online Googling, like what to say and what to do when your friend loses a baby. And it brought tears to my eyes. It still does. It's like none of us knew what to do. None of us. I certainly didn't know what to tell them to do. I was new at this too. But they had the emotional intelligence and like the wherewithal to say, I don't know what to do here and I don't want to do the wrong thing. And I love this person. So I'm going to do some research. Like I'm going to make an effort to figure out what's best. I think that's all we can hope for from people when we're in a situation where like, we don't know what we're doing. We can't tell you what we need. We have literally no idea. So if you were a, fi- a friend or a family member and you think you're getting it wrong, first of all, congratulations for being here and listening to this. And I'm not the expert, right, on getting it right and wrong. I'm sure I've gotten it wrong a million times, but I am super emotionally intelligent and I do my best to do my research and find the support so that I can be supportive to other people. If you are listening to this and... um you know, maybe you're not the person grieving, but you know that there's someone in your circle or in your family or whatever that's doing it wrong. Something that I think would be so beautiful would be for you to have that conversation to make it better for the grieving person because they don't have the, the strength or the emotional capacity to take on what I call these secondary losses. And we're going to talk more about secondary losses, but Um, it's just more stuff that the grieving person, the grieving family has to deal with. And we don't want to add anything more to their plate. Okay. As always, take what serves you, leave what doesn't. Come over uh, to Instagram and find us at at still underscore mama. I can't wait to see you over there. I cannot wait to hear from you. And if you have questions and you want me to answer certain things, get in the inbox and I will do my best to make sure that I answer questions throughout the podcast series. Okay, friends, I will see you next week. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so that others can find this resource too. And if you would like to get involved with our organization or donate to our cause, you can visit us at www.stillmama.org. That's S-T-I-L-L-M-A-M-A.org. 